Of course, I screwed it up because when I was trading it live, I would take profit too early. Hey, it's Walter here, and you're at the Think Profit Podcast, where we're going to help you develop a rock-solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality, and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh. Sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. All right. So in the last episode, we talked about a little bit about um, creativity when developing trading strategies. What are some ways that you found to you know, start getting new ideas for trading strategies and um, just getting creative with things that maybe aren't out there or you haven't found? You know, there's some really cool tests in psychology where they say like, like, what are like, can you come up with 30 things that you can do with a paperclip <laughs> or, you know, things like that. And, and there was a book, I can put it in the show notes for people that are interested called Thinker Toys. And it's about this guy who kind of like consults with companies and tries to help people to learn to think out of the box and stuff like that. I think he was, kind of, I think his heyday was in the nineties. I don't know if he's around anymore, but, but one of the things I took away from that was taking something that everybody sees in one way and then using it in a different way. Right. So like paper clips, like when I was a kid, I could open a pair of handcuffs with a paper clip. Right. You know, my dad, my stepdad, he volunteered, he was like a volunteer police police officer. So I had not only, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I was a magician. And so I did like escape tricks and stuff like that. You know, jump off the roof into the pool with some handcuffs and try to get out in the deep end. Hopefully, you know, get out of that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I thought I was Houdini. And then when he, you know, when he started volunteering on the weekends as a cop, I was like, sweet, now I've got real handcuffs. You know what I mean? I don't have like the toy ones. So I learned all these different ways to do that. And I think in trading, you can do the same thing where you, you like, you go, okay, what is a moving average? All right. A moving average is used by most people to determine the direction of the trend or the market, right? Okay. What are other ways you can use moving average? Oh, you could use it as support and resistance. You could use it as an exit tool. You could use it as an entry tool, right? You could use it lots of different ways. And so that's one thing to think about is what does everyone use? Like the biggest mind blower for me was when I was, this was back in 2003, I learned the stochastic pop. Hey there, I hope you're finding this episode useful. I just wanted to let you know that Walter and I give away something valuable every month that helps traders improve their skills. You can enter to win by simply leaving an iTunes review and leaving a comment on our YouTube videos. At the end of each month, we'll look at the comments and reviews from the month and we'll pick a winner at random. Each comment and each review counts for one entry during the month that it's submitted. So if you're interested in that, be sure to enter after this podcast is over. All right, back to the episode. Stochastic pop. I will put the show link in the show notes from a book called The Complete Trader, but he spelled complete weird as P-L-E-A-T, complete trader. I don't know if that's like an oldie. Yeah, old. Yeah. Anyway, the guy was interesting because he was like, when everyone, because we, when we were trading stochastics, we would wait till it to go over 80 and sell and wait for it to get back down under 20 and buy, right? Or, or get under 20 and then go back up over 20 right and then buy or go over 80 and then come back down below 80 and then sell or 30 70 it depends on you know what what you know people have different levels but he was saying jake bernstein that's right jake bernstein he was saying when he got up to 80 buy Mm -hmm. and i was like mind blower you know what i mean like like, i was like wow that because i was like contrarian by nature you know and i was like oh that's interesting and so I started testing. I'm like, holy crap, it, it actually worked. His point was that usually when the market got 
when it got over 80, that wasn't the end of the move. There was still a bit of a pop there. And so you're trying to get that little move higher, right? And sometimes, of course, it would keep trending, but usually you just got a, a nice big move up there. So you weren't buying when it went over 80 and crossing back down. You would actually just wait till it got over 80 and then you were buying. And the same thing when it got- profit target, right? If I remember. That- yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah, it was a quick thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, of course, I screwed it up because when I was trading it live, I would take profit too early. And then I was beating myself up going, what am I doing? Like, it, and every time I go, oh, look, it was perfect. If I just stuck to the rules, you know, so I was still learning, you know, not to take profits early, which is something really hard to, to learn, I think, when you first start. So that's what I would encourage you to do. Take the tools that everyone else is using and, mod- and use them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like use that hammer to eat ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. Use that moving average to do something that no one else is doing. Use that stochastic in a different way. Like, oh, here's another one that I learned. Point and figure charts. You know, like a point and figure chart is like it has a, an X if it goes up 50 pips. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't go up more than 50 pips or whatever the, the number for the box is, it could be 100 pips, 20 pips, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I used to hand draw these euro and pound charts on point and figure. And you know what I did with it? I, then I made moving averages <laughs> on the point and figure chart. And you could use moving average crosses on the point and figure chart. Totally different to what anyone else is doing. And actually a really good way of seeing the trend. And you don't get these little whipsaws that you get on normal price charts, which are normal like, time-based candles instead of movement-based candles, you know, which is what point and figure are. So yeah, so I, I would just encourage you to look at things in a different way. Take a tool that a lot of people use and decide, hey, I'm going to use this in another way. How else could I use this in a way that I've never heard before? And does it work? That's, yeah. that's a really cool way, I think. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of contrarian by nature. So I'm going to figure out, okay, what is the opposite of what's going on here? And does that work? And I think you can also draw some inspiration from other areas, like maybe uh, architecture or design or hip hop or whatever, whatever it is, and kind of figure out what those successful people did differently and how they were going against the grain and you can kind of like figure a different way to do that in trading. That sounds kind of weird, but I I think it just gives you more creativity when you do that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think like I've always thought that looking into harmonics, I I feel like there's something in the market charts that maps onto harmonics. I don't, I haven't figured out what it is or like, you know, you can get into like sacred geometry and stuff. There's There's actually quite a few books on that stuff, but yeah, I do think there are some elements that you could take from other fields, like even physics or whatever, you know, applied the right way could possibly give you an edge. So, and it could just be our minds just looking for connections too. Like that could be it too, but who cares yeah. if it works, right? If it works, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think yeah. of this idea that if enough people know the trading strategy, it loses its edge? Yeah. I, I understand why people are saying that. And I suppose if everyone was using the same robot, that would be the case. The problem is, if I give you my rules to my kangaroo tail strategy, and I give them to you, and then we give them to 500 people, and then we say, okay, now go and trade that, and we all trade the same pairs, the yen, the pound, the euro, the Aussie, the Kiwi, the CAD. We come back a year later, and we look at our chart, our trades. We have different trades, man. In fact, some of us are going to throw it away six months into the year, three months into the year, and the others are going to say, this is amazing. And so that, to me, is the real thing about the markets, is we're looking at it through our own filter and what I think is a great kangaroo tail, someone else is going to go, no way would I ever take that and, and vice versa. So, and you know, this was really driven home to me by a book by Daryl Guppy, who's a trader. And I read this, you know, back in 2005, or 2004, his books are kind of hard to, to read, but he was talking about moving averages and how 
you know, he would look at the market this way and he, and he would say, you would look at this change in the moving average and that would suggest that the market's going to go this way. He said, but, but like, <laughs> if I tell you this, it doesn't matter because everyone else is going to have their own way of seeing it. And it's so true. It is yeah. so true. Like, like, so, like I get questions from traders on our Sunday night webinar, right. That we do. And they're like, what about this kangaroo tail? And they'll tell me the chart. They'll tell me the time frame, and I'll look at it and I'll go, Hmm, I don't, which one, where? Like, I don't see it. Like, you know what I mean? It should be like an, ob to me, it would be like an obvious kangaroo tail. If it was, a, I'd say, no, I don't think for me, this isn't really because of this, this and that, you know what I mean? And so, and that, it, it, it never fails. Like it's so obvious. So I, I think it is possible. What you're saying is true. If we all have the same software, the problem is we all have different software in our head and we all seeing it through our own filter. So I don't think as long as we're still discretionary traders, I just think we're all trading something different, even if we have the same rules. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, and it's crazy how people modify it. Like if you give someone your rules, Hugh, and you say, okay, this is what works. This is what I do. These are my data. This is blah, blah, blah. You give it to someone. I swear to you, you come back a year later, they're going to have slightly different rules because they're going to say something like, well, Hugh, what I noticed was <laughs> when this happens, then I have to do this. And that's why I've added this rule and I've you know, modified it. And that's cool. I think that's good because they're going to that's good for them. They shouldn't, they shouldn't follow exactly what I tell them. They should, they should use their own beliefs in building it. So, but I don't, I just don't believe this idea that if everyone, you know, if, if enough people have the rules that it stops working because I just don't think we're all doing the same thing, even if we all have the same rules, which is crazy to no, say, I, but I agree. Yeah. But, and especially you have to think about like the retail market is so small in most, in most markets, you know, options, futures, whatever that I think, I, I don't think you could really move the market. I think the only way that you would really move a market, like you said, is with an automated system traded by some sort of bank or something or some sort of hedge fund that has like huge volume. Right. And I think that's mm. the only way that a system could like play itself out. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's difficult to imagine a situation in, in our life, like where we are right now, where that's possible. Now, what people will sometimes do is they'll point to like the turtle rules and they go, see, it didn't work, you know, from 1998 to 2006. It stopped working. That's because everyone read the market wizards. Everyone started training the show rules, you know, and I don't think that's really true. I think I think it's just a, fa a case of the system went through a terrible stretch. You know, or whatever. Long drawdown, so you got to be able. To, yeah, yeah, totally, man. And the, and even if you talk to some of the turtles, they'll tell you that they're trading different rules now. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still trend following many of them, but they're not trading the same original rules. They've they've modified them, which is good. That's what that's the whole point of. Yeah, I think of trading. So yeah, so. It's a tricky one because I understand. And this is, you know, it's kind of like the idea of brokers out to get you. It's this idea of, you know, systems stop working because everyone's, you know, don't share it. Everyone's going to get it and then it'll ruin it. And the brokers are going to, you know, ruin your account. And, you know, there's a lot of these things that we, we get um, as traders that we hear about. So just part of the landscape, I guess. Yeah. 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 Cool. Great insights. All right. Thanks. Walter. Thank you. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.